walk in our lives. As we look up to you to break limits around us in our lives, help us, Lord, to know that you have called us to bless us so that we too can be a channel of blessing to many. Help us, eternal rock of ages, and to you will all the glory be. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our theme for this month is um, Breaking Limits. Um, the same theme with our district convocation. And our team text, like we can see, is Acts 10, 9 to 15, and then Genesis 13, 14, and 15. But this morning, by the grace of God, I want to share some thoughts with us, and I've titled it, To Bless and Be a Blessing. To Bless and Be a Blessing. And I'm going to read three passages of scripture, one in addition to our team text, our team references. The very first one I'll read is Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to, through to 3. And I'm reading from the New International Version. And it says, The Lord had said to Moses, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever causes you, I will cause. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Let me cross over quickly to chapter 13 of Genesis. And I read verses 14 and 15. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lord had parted from him, Look around from where you are, to the north and south, to the east and west. All the land that you see, I will give you and your offspring forever. I will give you and your offspring forever. Amen? And then we cross over quickly to Acts of the Apostle, chapter 10, and I'll read verses 9 through to 15. And it says, about noon, the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet been let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. 
kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, as I, I meditate over our team and the passages, the reference um, passages for the team, you know, the message that I receive repeatedly is that we are at the threshold of experiencing a great move of God. You know, and, and I want to just remind us that God is always ready to lift limits. He's always ready to, to lift limits, provided we understand his purpose for doing so. Provided we also understand his plans for achieving that goal and what positioning we ought to take in the light of all of this. And as I look at our team reference and I look at both of them, you see, they take us right back to God's purpose. It's always very interesting to watch us respond to teams. Even with breaking limits, I sit in prayer meetings and listen to people. You know, we're all set. Limits will be broken. There's no doubt about that. But it's important for us to understand the context and to get it right. And to know that, yes, God is set to break limits. We need to understand it within the context of the scriptural references. So that even the limits that we're talking about, let's even understand. And that's what I'll be seeking to do this morning. So that we can, you know, set the right tone for some of this. This is not to say that I'm going to build boundaries around the limits that God is going to break in the lives of members and worshippers and all those who come to him. But I just want us to understand properly so that we understand our role, our responsibility, so we can position our right. Amen. And in doing this, I just, just three Ps. One is purpose, plan, and positioning. Purpose, plan, and positioning. So that we can always remember. And as I think about purpose, within the context of the passages that we're looking at, and where we have pulled out our team, both for the month and the convocation, and also the topic that we're discussing this morning, to bless and be a blessing. Look at purpose. What is God's purpose? God's will and purpose has always been to bless. His will and purpose has always been to do what? To bless. To bless. That's what God wants to do. 
And that's why it's important for us to know that anywhere limits have been placed, they are not of God. God is not in the business of placing limits. He can break them. But what God desires to do and seeks to do and does all the time is to do what? Is to bless. Is to bless. And blessing is to live under the favor of God. To live under the favor of God. And we see that after creation, the first thing that God did in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, the first thing that he did was to do what? Was to bless. He blessed. He blessed man. He blessed woman. He blessed and said, look, go and be fruitful. Go and be fruitful and have dominion. Is to bless. We also see in Genesis chapter 2, further down, you know, he blessed the Sabbath, the day of rest. And we see repeatedly in scripture that God keeps going back to his creation blessings. And he keeps going back to them and renewing them. Even in the face of man's rebellion. After wiping out the earth with flood. And then Noah came out. In Genesis 9, 1. God renewed his blessings again. He blessed. And we see that repeatedly. Why does God bless? Why? Why does he bless? He blesses because it is his nature to bless. It is God's nature to bless and not to do otherwise. It is his nature to bless. So when you have a situation in your life that confronts you, don't begin to think that, oh God, why this adversity? God's intention, his nature, is always to do what? To bless. It's always to bless. So God keeps going back to his creation blessings and renewing them. It is God's character to bless. What has brought curse is sin. And what has brought limits is what? Sin. But God's character is to bless. And it's interesting to see that in spite of man's rebellion, God has not withdrawn his blessings. But it's important for us to know that his blessings are contingent on obedience as we see in the life of Abraham and in the lives of so many other Bible characters. It is only when man and woman disobeyed and sinned against God that he pronounced a curse. He pronounced a curse on the serpent in Genesis 3, 14 and 15. 
upon woman, upon man. So disobedience and sin are the origin of limits. But it's interesting to see, as always, God has a plan. When man fell, God came up with his redemption plan. And that takes us to the plan. And that plan first is to redeem. So even after man's multiple rebellion, God did not forget. He continues to work out his purpose to bless the world. And he started out within the context of our our references through one man, Abraham. And that's what we saw in Genesis 12 verses 1 to 3. He called Abraham. He called him because he had a plan. He called Abraham because he had a plan. And we can see through the life of Abraham And we can see how that plan was carefully implemented by the Lord through the process. And you see also the test of obedience along the line. One outstanding test of obedience was when the Lord asked him to go and offer his son Isaac. And Abraham passed that test. And we saw in that act a symbolism of the sacrifice of the Messiah that was soon to happen. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself, who came in through the Abrahamic lineage, ultimately culminated that plan of redemption for man. And that's how the plan played out. But let us look at very closely, you know, how God worked out this plan so that we can learn a few things. Because as we begin to look up to God to break limits for us, it's important that we get some of the rudiments right. And I'm going to look closely again at Abraham. And I'm going to look just closely at, at, at his call. Now look at the command. It's interesting that when you look at the command, the command has threefold. It's a threefold command. Just as the promise is also a threefold promise. And you see in Genesis 12 chapter 1, the Lord said, and the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. That is the command. And you see that in that command, there are three folds. One is for him to leave his country. Then the second was to leave his people, his kindred, other versions would say, and then finally, leave his father's house. And each fold is symbolic. 
Because sometimes I was, I, I wondered why the emphasis, country, people, and then father's household. And I want us to listen very carefully because I'm building up to something. And it's going to take a while, but you need to connect everything. So the first leg of it is leave his country. God told Abraham to leave his country, his place of residence, since his birth. He was to leave his country. The city was all in the Chaldeans. It was a place of idolatry. They worshipped the, 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 the moon god. It was also a place of commerce. It was a place of power. All was a big city. Findings have it that it had a population of about 50,000. So it's not a very small place. It's located somewhere in present-day Iraq. And then God told him to leave. Now what is the symbolism of this call to rust today? To you and I as Christians. It is that call to leave your country is a call to live your old life with all its ambitions. It's a call to live your old life with all its ambition. To live your old life with its rebellion. To live your old life with the worship of wealth, power, and pleasure. That is the symbolism of that call. And God may be saying to someone here today, leave your country. And when he says leave your country, he's saying that, look, you need to live your old life. As you look up to him to break limits over your life, he's saying that, look, you need to live your old life. Abraham needed to leave his country. Otherwise, the limit placed on Abraham will not be broken. He cannot remain in awe and have the limits broken. He needed to leave. And that was why God said to him, leave your country. Leave your old life. With all his ambition, rebellion, and the worship of wealth, power, and pleasure, the old life is characterized by a selfish demand for supposed independence. That's the characteristics of the old life. Independence, selfishness. And we'll begin to see that because much later in this message you would see how this has continued to limit Israel, the people of God, up till this moment. And that's why they're not able to live out fully God's plan for them. Because God called them out of the nation when God called Abraham. Made him into a nation so that they can be a blessing to nations. But Israel has remained selfish because they can't see it. And many of us we cocoon, we look inwards. And that's why it's important, for us, it's important for us to get this context right. To understand God's purpose and his plans. 
So when we begin to pray, oh, breaking limits, why will God break limits for you? Is it so that you can enjoy life? You need to understand God's purpose. Of course, God is willing, ready. He wants to break limits. But you need to understand why. You need to connect to God's purpose for this to happen. I pray that the Lord will help us. And I really want us to, to, to understand this properly. Let me go back to Abraham. So leave your country. Leave your country. is to live the old life that is characterized by selfish demand for supposed independence. We are to turn our backs on the dying and condemned social system of this world with its humanistic values and satanic philosophies. And we see a lot of that today. Come out of your country is a call to come out of all of this. It's a call that we must separate ourselves. So much is happening in our world today. People want to change their sex. Today, they wake up in the morning, they are he. By the time they are going to bed, they are she. All kinds of nonsense happening today. Leave your country. It's a call to shun that social order. And I pray that the Lord will help us. And the next was leave your kindred, leave your people. You know, God told Abraham to leave his people. That is to leave his culture. To leave the social environment that sought to conform him to its mold. There's so many cultural practices today that run completely counter to biblical culture. And God was telling Abraham to leave his culture. Leave your people. And that is to leave behind that culture. For many people, their culture has placed a ceiling on them, a limit on them. Knowingly or unknowingly. But God, is, God called Abraham to come out. And God is also calling many of us to come out. God commands you and me to separate ourselves from our people and our culture. This does not mean we are to shun non-Christians and live as hermits. It means that we are not to allow the surrounding culture to shape our thinking and our behavior. We must not allow the surrounding unbiblical culture to shape our thinking and our behavior. When God confronts us with his call, we must turn our backs on the laws and moral trappings of our society. We are to renounce all concerns about what others think and be preeminently concerned with what God thinks. And, that is, and then the third leg of it is leave his father's house. I'm sure many people would wonder, why, why, why leave his father's house? In fact, at this time, his father had even passed on. But let's get the importance of this, particularly for us. 
God told Abraham to leave his father's house. That is, he was to break his ties with the old man, the old self. Our father, in this sense, is Adam, the father of us all. What theologians call our Adamic nature. Our Adamic nature is in the Father's house in which we live. And we are called to live it. God calls us to live this, no longer putting any dependence upon our natural talents and resources. Instead, we must begin to walk in dependence upon God, our Heavenly Father. We can do, who can do through us what we cannot do ourselves. And what all of this tells me is that God wants us to let go. There is a lot that we need to let go. Abraham needed to let go his country. He needed to let go his people. He needed to let go his, his, his father's house. The call on us is also to let go. Sometimes we can live physically, but mentally we're still there. We need to live physically, we need to live emotionally, we need to live mentally, and embrace a whole new culture, and embrace God as our father. Many of us, when we first heard the gospel, we have grown tired of the land of awe. For it is a land of darkness, a place of great weariness of soul, a realm of spiritual hunger and death. Yet, even though we feel empty and unsatisfied in this land, part of us resists God's call to leave that land. We need to let go. Just like Abraham did, Abraham left when God told him to leave. I pray that the Lord will grant us the grace to live in Jesus' name and to let go. There is much that seems desirable in the old life. God was calling him out of his familiar old life to a land that was unknown. But regardless of any trepidation and insecurity, Abraham felt he knew he could not deny the reality of God. He chose to obey God's command, to leave his country, to leave his people, and to leave his father's household. The question I want to leave us with is, have you heard this command of God in your life? Has God ever given you this command? Have you ever heard God asking you to leave your country, leave your people, and leave your father's household? Have you heard the living God call your name and say, you must no longer depend on the crutches that once supported you, the worldly attitudes and philosophy in which you were reared. They are based on the lies of Satan, and you must not live on that basis any longer. The reality for us is you cannot stay in awe and move to the land of promise at the same time. To choose one, you must forsake the other. There is no middle course. 
I pray that the Lord will help us. So that, those are the threefold command. And then we move to the promise. Immediately after that, the promise, the Lord declared the promise too. And the promise too, threefold. And you see it in Genesis 12, 2 to 3. It says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. And the, so the threefold uh, promise and blessing are that God will make Abraham a great nation. And the second is that he will bless Abraham and that he will make Abraham a blessing. And he goes on to say that, look, all those who bless Abraham, he will bless. And those who curse Abraham, he would um, curse. So, that, that, that is it. That, that, those are the three folds. But again, as you follow through with Abraham, you now begin to see how God has used Abraham to establish his plan of redemption. To reestablish his purpose, which is to bless. That we, we lost when Adam sinned, Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. God wanted to reestablish that. And that's how he pulled Abraham out. And Abraham responded. And then he brought Abraham into the land of Canaan. And that's where you see the second leg of our team in Genesis 13, verses 14 to 15. And then the Lord said, look, you should look up. You should look to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. And that everything he sees, he would give to him. That was a land of promise. The Lord got him into that place. And it exposes to us the universality of the redemption plan. And the Lord begins to walk through that. And, and that's why I took time to go back to Genesis 12. Because you see, when you look at Genesis 13, and you look at when Lot and Abraham were to part ways, and shortly after, the Lord showed this land of promise to Abraham. It's important to, to know that from there on, we begin to see the gradual implementation of the redemption plan. You see, there is a lot more to it than just parting of ways with lots. And sometimes we can narrow it and begin to look for who are the lost in our lives so that they can live. But you see, what God is doing is a lot more than that. And it's important for us to look way beyond that. And that's why it's important to connect the events of that passage to the earlier events of the call of Abraham. So Abraham finally cites the land of promise. And the Lord told him to walk through the length and breadth of that land 
in verse 17. He is now in the land where he can worship Yahweh. And we're told that when Abraham built his tent, he then built an altar unto the Lord. The altar where he can worship and the altar of cleansing. And we can see the commencement of the great commission in the Old Testament. We can see from Genesis that God, you know, God declaring that all the peoples on earth will be blessed through Abraham. And then in Exodus, we would also see that God, in Exodus 19, verses 5 and 6, where the Lord said, you will be for me a kingdom of priests. Because that whole nation of Abraham continues. And then in Isaiah 49, verse 6, he says, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles. And the build up to the redemption plan continues. So Abraham is called. A family is preserved. A nation is constituted. A people are commissioned. A nation from the nations to the nations. The Lord built a nation out of a nation so that through that nation he can reach many nations. You see the way God's plan of redemption is all worked out. And then we now come into the modern day Israel and when the Messiah came and then the Messiah consummated and concluded the plan of redemption. But you see, Israel never really connected to the beat of the promise that there will be a blessing to all the nations. And that's why as we go to Acts of the Apostles in chapter 10, we begin to see how Peter had difficulty. Because what happened then was many of the disciples, after Jesus died, they now had the gospel. They thought that the gospel was meant for them Jews. And that the gospel was to, kept, was to be kept within Judea. Eventually, they agreed that, okay, it can go to the Samarians. It can go to Samaria. And then, it was okay for them if the Greek-speaking Jews also had access to the gospel. But it was meant for Jews and those in Samaria who are also partly and majorly Jews. They forgot the fact that they were supposed to be a blessing to the nations. They were supposed to be, to take this gospel to the nations. They had a very narrow view. They saw the redemption plan as only for the Jews. They thought Jesus died only for them. And they were more concerned with getting the Jews to understand this. So except for those isolated cases of maybe Philip ministering to the officials from Ethiopia, they kept it within. Then God 
now had to come to break that limit. God had to intervene. And that was what happened when Peter had his trance. When Peter had his trance, God had to intervene with a big break so that that ceiling can be broken. So that the gospel can go to the Gentiles. And then the universality of the gospel is unveiled. What are the lessons in all of this for us? And this is important. Because when God begins to break limits in our lives, so that we can understand the purpose, the lesson in all the story that I've narrated and shared based on the Bible, is that sadly, Israel never fully grabs her mandate as a light to the nation. Never. Was she so preoccupied with her privileges as God chosen that she forgot her responsibility as God's channel? Are we like Israel? Israel will tell you that they are God chosen. But they forget the fact, they forget their responsibility as God's channel. And what Ron Scott said, surrounded by hostile people and pagan idolatries, she developed a fortress mentality, narrow and nationalistic, petty and parochial. What do we learn? That like Israel, we can fail as individual Christians, and as a church, we can also fail to fulfill are calling to all nations. We're seeking to break limits. But we must also remember that breaking limits is about being blessed. And when we are blessed, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing. But when we think that we are blessed just for our own benefit and our own purposes, then we miss the point. Then we become like Israel. Then we become preoccupied with the fact that we are chosen and privileged. And many of us Christians actually feel that way. We feel so privileged. We feel chosen. But we forget our responsibility as channels. Channels for the gospel to get to others. Channels of blessings to others. Channels of blessings to the nations. Channels to get the gospel to the nations. So I want us to know that primarily as we talk about breaking limits, it's about breaking whatever limits have been placed on our ability to get the gospel out, to get the gospel to the nations, to get the gospel to your neighbors. What are those things that limit you from sharing the gospel with your colleague in the office? What are those things that limit you from your life being shining light? What are those things that limit you from being a blessing? 
to others. Breaking limits is about invoking the blessings of God. Because when limits are broken, his blessings are unleashed. But for what purpose? Is it so that you can sit on it? Or is it so that you can respond to that call and become alive to your responsibility as a channel? I pray that the Lord will help us. And that that brings me to the last point of positioning. We must take this understanding into how we then position ourselves. How we position ourselves. What is the mindset? As we pray that the Lord will break limits. What is the mindset? What is the purpose of wanting those limits broken? Is it so that we can have a better life? We live in times that are very challenging. So sometimes we are so overwhelmed by the poverty around us that we cannot think outside that box. So everybody is just thinking of himself alone. How they can just break out of that circle of poverty. And the moment they break out of it, greed takes over. So it's to continue to amass and amass and amass and amass. Nobody is thinking of the other one, of the other person. And that's the bane of our society today. People are not doing things for the benefit of others. When there is a call on you to serve, you are not thinking of how God is going to use you to bless others. You are thinking of how he's going to, 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 to disrupt your life. How it is going to disrupt your plans. When God calls, it demands an adjustment. Because there must be a change. When God called Abraham, he had to leave, he had to move. But many of us don't want to make the adjustments. We want breakthroughs. We want limits broken for whose purpose? Why do you want limits broken? I pray that the Lord will help us. Because we need to understand this. You are not blessed just for your own benefit. You are blessed so that you can be a blessing. And if you are not a blessing, you are missing it. You are blessed to be a channel of blessings to others. God is about to do a great thing where the threshold of a great advance as a congregation, even as individuals. But we need to understand the fundamentals. Otherwise, we will not be useful to God. Because if we don't understand, God cannot entrust to us. We can't be good stewards. But I pray that the Lord will help us. The very first limit you want broken is how do you key into this redemption plan? If you have never given your life to Christ, you haven't even started. You need to first key and connect to that plan of redemption and become a beneficiary. So whatever is blocking you, whatever ceiling is placed on you, whatever is limiting you from connecting to that plan of redemption, you need to pray that the Lord will break it. 
so that you can connect to it. That is the foundation. Because you need to get in. And then the Lord will now begin to walk through you. Help you, grant you grace to live a life of obedience as he begins to break other limits so that you can fulfill God's purpose for breaking those limits and to make you a blessing to others and to the nations. Let us bow our heads and pray. I want us to begin to talk to God. It is not a problem at all for God to break limits. He wants to do it. Because breaking limits is to bless. And God's nature is to bless. His character is to bless. So he's here. He wants to do it. And he's going to do a lot of it. He's going to do it. This month is focused and dedicated to that. But it's important that we know why. Because he has to fulfill his own purpose. And I pray that the Lord will help us. Do you have anyone in the audience this morning? Or in Pinel? Or connected to us online? You have never connected to this plan of redemption. You have not at any time given your life to Christ. You've never asked Christ to come into your life so that you can benefit from the work and plan of salvation. That limit is on you. And that is the first limit that God will want to break. Because if that limit is not broken, other limits cannot be broken. If you are here, you have never given your life to Christ. You are still living under the dominion of sin. And that curse that came as a result of sin is still on you. This is your moment. This is your chance to ask God for forgiveness. To seek reconciliation so that you can be a beneficiary of that work of salvation. You want to ask God this morning to break that limit so that you can connect to that plan of redemption and be a beneficiary and ask Jesus to come into your life. Just signify by raising up your hands and our ministers will approach you quietly and take you to the room behind and pray with you. You are before God. Just signify by raising up your hands. And if you are connected online, just dial the number and one of our ministers will immediately call you. Just signify by raising up your hand. Just stretch your hands and we'll pray with you. And that limit will be broken today. And that's the first limit. Just signify by raising up your hand. This is your chance. Don't allow this opportunity slip you by. Connect to this plan of redemption so that you can be a beneficiary of this blessing, so that you too can become a blessing and the Lord can use you to reach others with the gospel. This is your chance. Signify by raising up your hands and they will pray, our ministers will pray with you. Whether you are in the penal hall or you are connected online, give us a call. 
The rest of us, I want us to begin to pray. I want us to begin to pray and begin to speak to God. I know that with this team breaking limits, people have tons of expectations. But it's important that we put things in proper perspective. God is going to break limits, there's no doubt. But you need to understand that God is breaking limits for his own purpose. And until you get it right, you may begin to wonder at the end of it that, ah, why am I still the way I am? You will not experience what others will be experiencing because the Lord will be breaking limits. I want you to speak to God and ask God to help you. Connect to God's purpose. Connect to God's purpose. Ask that the Lord will bless you and make you a blessing. Ask that the Lord will make you indeed a channel. That God will make you a channel. Not a collector. You just collect and keep. But that God indeed will make you a channel. Father Lord, we want to thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, because we know that, Father, your nature is to bless. Your desire is to bless. And your purpose is to bless so that we can be a blessing. I pray, eternal rock of ages, that you would help us. That as you break limits in our lives, that you make us channels of blessings to many. In the name of Jesus. Help us as individuals to be alive to our responsibilities as channels. And as a church, help us to be alive to our responsibility to reach nations. Help us, Lord, not to be wanting. Help us, Lord, to connect to your heartbeat. Father, help us. Help us, Lord, as you break limits in our lives this month and in the months to come and in the years to come. Help us, Lord, to respond to you in obedience. Help us, Lord, to come out of the world so that the mold of the world will not shape us. Help us, Lord, to come out of the culture of our people so it does not define our thinking and our behavior. Father, deliver us and prepare us for your blessings as you break limits in our lives. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. And to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.